0: good evening sports zodians how's everybody doing out there tonight i am mike aglioloro i am your host for this is sports zone recording live like we do each and every week here via the i-95 sports and entertainment radio network of course we are rebroadcast redistributed through all the various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us, no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Bullhorn, Rate, Like, Share, Subscribe, Do, All, The Things. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, Of course, the day after the show was when all the big... Coaching news really went down, whether it was Pete Carroll no longer being uh, the head coach at Seattle, Nick Saban of Alabama, college football, of course, but the biggest name in college football, stepping away from the University of Alabama. And then we had talked about it and I had mentioned from everything I heard, it sounded like it might take a couple weeks to finalize, but guess I heard that one wrong because Bill Belichick, no longer the head coach of the New England Patriots Gerard Mayo has been named as uh, the new head coach for the coming season so we'll get into all that And obviously um you know Giants and Wink Martindale did wind up parting ways uh so they need a new defensive coordinator but of course the super wild card weekend is in the books and that is the only time you're going to hear me call it that um uh, on this show tonight um And, yeah, you know, um, it was an eventful uh, weekend, I will say that. Houston winds up beating Cleveland. Kansas City winds up beating Miami in 30 below uh, weather in Kansas City. And I I think the moment that they announced it was going to be 30 below for this game, you kind of thought Miami did not really have a chance. Um, And you have the Green Bay Packers – Throttling the Dallas Cowboys, and um, yeah, I mean, I have been pretty steadfast this season that it was all going to come down to the playoffs for the Cowboys. They, if they didn't get to the conference championship game, something had to change. And we talked on this show last week. Dave picked the Cowboys to win. I did my usual thing. I did not pick the Cowboys to win. And I made the comment on this program that if there was ever a time, a, a moment that you could kind of see 10 years from now, everybody looking back on that moment as the moment that this player arrived, this seemed like a pretty good opportunity for that to happen with Jordan Love. Now, in all fairness, you know, Jordan Love did have a, a really good game in his own right there. And I'm I'm gonna pull up the stats here just to have it, but in all fairness, you know, the Cowboys really, um, they shit the bed in every way possible here um, because this game wasn't entirely out of hand, you know, and, and Dave mentioned last week, if the Packers got off to a good start, there would be a problem. Jordan Love, 272 yards, three touchdowns, and they they... They um, they score on the first drive that takes up half of the first quarter, and the Cowboys wind up not really having an answer for that. And then they score again. Dak throws his first interception. Then they wind up getting it back uh, after they scored again. And then pick six from the Dak. And uh, that was the game, basically. And it was, I believe, 27 0 at halftime. And with that, I'm going to bring in a, another suffering cowboy fan with myself. Dave Hastings is with us tonight. Dave, I'd ask how you're doing, but um...
1: I just don't know, Mike. I just don't know. Yeah.
0: I mm-hmm. mean,
1: I will say it was 27-7 at halftime. So you there know. you go.
0: All right. Yeah, my fault.
1: Where's that?
0: Yeah. Um. But I I had texted you. Um. Uh, I think it was after that interception. Yeah. I'm pulling up, I'm pulling up the text right now. I should have had this prepared. But um just how in the fuck?
1: Yeah. And uh I
0: mean,
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any way to say it better as a fan.
0: Now. Well, I mean, I think you said it perfectly last week on the show if the Packers we're able to get some scores early and get some momentum. There was going to be a problem, and it was a problem. But up until those two interceptions, like, to me, I look at a 14-0 score, and we've, we've seen comebacks the last few years. I mean, I don't really think, like, even a 20-point lead in the first half, I don't look at that as something that is out of hand. And then the pick six happened. The time started going by, and... um yeah. There's yeah, that. I
1: mean, I was talking to a buddy of mine about this the other day. and The biggest thing I have a problem with isn't really the loss itself. It's how Dallas lost.
0: Mm-hmm. And what I
1: mean by that is Dallas all year, uh, well, really after the San Francisco game, used pre-stat motion like fifth most in the league and they played played man coverage almost more than every other team in the league. And in this game, they're playing zone coverage. And they're barely using any type of motion pre-snap. And they literally got away from everything that made them successful all year long. And, you know, there was one play where it was third and eight. I think it was when Green Bay was up 14-0, so the first chance Dallas really had for a true pass rushing situation. They line Micah Parsons up over the center, which, you know, has been a problem for offensive lines all year. And for some reason, they drop Micah Parsons back in zone coverage, play a zone shell and only rush like four people. And there goes Romeo Dobbs running wide open across the middle of the field for a gain of like 23. And that was when you knew they were in their own head. And I don't know, you know, it go to me, it goes all the way to the top. And I feel like we say, it, it feels like a freaking broken record. Yeah. But I mean, at some point or another, you have to accept the fact that your team is the regular season sweetheart and doesn't have the mental toughness the drive, the will, whatever it is, they don't have it. And I, you know, I saw somebody say this on Twitter today where they were like, you can go to Dallas and still build a brand no matter how disappointing your, uh, you know, your actual success as a team is. And I think that's very true. Yeah, They need the, you know, I mean, you haven't seen a, I mean, Parsons is probably the, you know, most, like, fuck it, I just want to play guy on the entire roster. And you got him in the biggest game of the year, dropping back, playing zone coverage. Like, what are you doing? How does that make any sense? Mm. And here we are for the second time in a row where Dallas made the playoffs. And they're the only home team, lose in the divisional round. Two years ago, they lost to Brady and the Bucks. They lose to Green Bay this year, become the first two seed to lose to a seven seed with the uh since they expanded the playoffs.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: first team in NFL history to go have three 12 win seasons in a row and not even make the championship game in any of those seasons. And you just shake your head and I just, I don't understand. I really don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get where the, like, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I want, you know, coaching the players, but at this point, I mean, you're talking about wasting two really good quarterbacks careers when it's all said and done over 20, it'll be over 20 years. And you're going to be I have nothing to show for it.
0: Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree with everything you said. And um, I mean, from there, because honestly, like we we can just hang our heads over this game like for hours on end. I was going to talk about what to do next, and you kind of hit it all perfectly there, because it does all start at the top. You know, you look at some of the guys who the Cowboys could stand to lose this off season. Uh, the executive Will McCray, who um, I believe he has a vice president's title, but he's been responsible for a lot of the drafts of the last decade. He, he can take a general manager job elsewhere. And Dan Quinn, you, you know, as much as I wouldn't call this game a, a credit in his direction, I think we can agree that we, we would still probably like him back for another season and Mike McCarthy's name has definitely been talked about. Is Jerry going to fire him or not? I don't think any of these things really matter as long as the the person who can general manager is still there after this.
1: Well, McClay's not going anywhere. I think Dan Quinn is definitely gone, and I don't think McCarthy's going anywhere. If if you want my honest opinion on how it unfolds, I think Dan Quinn's still going to get a head coaching job somewhere. Uh, uh, Seattle apparently really is interested in him, um, and like four other teams requested to interview him. Um, and I think the only team without a with a head coaching vacancy that isn't going to interview him is Atlanta because they ran, ran that you know had that experience. <laughs>
0: yeah. The Seattle so, one is interesting. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Dave. I was just gonna say the Seattle one's interesting because that's where Dan Quinn started as a coordinator.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean the the fans there love him. He was the you know leader of the Legion of Boom and and all that. So I mean, yeah, I I, I think Dan Quinn's kind of r- ran his course at this point. I mean that defense was atrocious. The, the scheme was, was not – I mean, no no disrespect to Jordan Love. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks over the last four or five weeks of the NFL season. Um, But at the same time, like, you literally let him go into your house and just pick you apart. You played too deep safety against a run-heavy team with their best running back back in the game. Like, I, I don't – you somebody's got to be the sacrificial lamb, and I don't think it's gonna be Dak. It's definitely not gonna be Dak, and it's not. I don't think it's gonna be McCarthy either. So I think it's gonna be Dan. Uh, be Dan Quinn. I think he's the one that they're like, and I don't think they're gonna fire him. I think they're gonna just tell him like, "Hey, take one of the head coaching jobs if you get the offer," because we don't see you here next season. And I, I really, he helped turn this defense around from the worst in franchise history. There's no doubt about it. You know, they've led the league in turnovers, but I mean, you can't name a defense coordinator in the league. That would be happy to come into a team that has Marcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Deron Bland, Um, and, and, you know, some foundational pieces that you can really build around, but they, they are a, uh, Sad, it was a sad, sad, sad excuse uh, of a performance, and seriously, every single person top to bottom should be disappointed. I mean, I didn't even talk the rest of the night after the game. I was so infuriated. Um, <coughs> Even woke up the next day in a miserable mood. Like, it took me until, like, 9 o'clock last night to actually crack a smile for the first time since the, before the game started. So, um. But I'll be invested again next year, and I believe there'll be a playoff team again next year, and I'll have high hopes again next year, and until proven wrong, I'll be disappointed next year. Right? I mean, <laughs> you know, we go back to Eric's old set, phrase, right? You don't bet against the streak. Mm. Uh, Dallas won 16 home games in a row, and that streak ended – so I guess the real streak you didn't bet against was their offer, their, their uh, ability to make it to an NFC championship game. Like, mm. as a Cowboy fan, I think we're literally all at the point where we're like, I don't even care about making a Super Bowl right now. Like, just make an NFC championship game. Like, you can lose there. That's fine. But just yeah. ma- at least make it there. And that tells you how the bar is dropped. And that's, you know, for one of the most historic franchises in the league, you know, tied for third most rings in the NFL history. Like that that's just sad. That the bar is at, at this point now just can you make the NFC championship game? You don't even need to win it. Just get there.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's very true. I mean, I I think you know this. I, I did kind of feel that going through this season, but now it's that's definitely even more so. I will say I understand Dak is gonna be back next season. I'm not giving up on the guy yet, but um, you know you brought up Romo before with the the um the last minute performance in San Francisco a few years ago and the the picks in this game. Um, unfortunately, it does not look like his career is really gonna be remembered for much more than Romo's career is at this point. I'm hoping that changes. Doesn't exactly look like it's trending in the right direction, though.
1: No. no, and uh, you know, I was really hoping after last year and and you know, being able to go into Tampa on the road as a wild card team and and beat Tampa on the road, and Prescott having his best career playoff game, you know, and and then you know they got to deal with going to San Francisco after that, and you know that's that's just a tough team to play and. You know they end up losing, and you know it is what it is. But like to think that they were right, freaking there, and they were you know sixteen home wins in a row, and you basically were guaranteed two home games before you had to deal with San Francisco in San Francisco. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe they got ahead of themselves. Maybe they're like, well, we haven't lost a game in almost two years at home we're going to skate by green Bay. We got another home game next week. We'll win that one. And then it's, you know, trying to take down the, the Goliath, you know, the team that's been in our way the last two years. And, and maybe that's, that's the problem. Maybe they got ahead of themselves. I don't know. Mm. But all I know is they, they really, really failed top to bottom last, last week and, Yeah, it it sucks, man. Even talking about it now makes me upset again.
0: It just Mm. sucks. Yeah. Well, I don't really have too much more to add to that, so we can move off that. Um, And uh, we'll go through the the games here, just a quick rundown. So the Texans dominated the Cleveland Browns and Joe Flacco after a great month and a half uh, turns back into Joe Flacco. And the Texans move on there. Kansas City beats Miami 26-7, negative 30 weather there. Um, Detroit winds up pulling the game out over the Rams 24-23. Both Buffalo 31-17, uh, blows out Pittsburgh. And Tampa Bay winds up dominating the Philadelphia Eagles 32-9 and perhaps the only other game this weekend that probably ended as disappointing as it did for us, for fan base, like the Eagles, another team that thought they'd go far in the playoffs there. So I'll let you start anywhere you, you want here, but I, I will say, I don't know if it was cold comfort, but um, I, I don't know. I'm happy the Eagles didn't go farther.
1: Uh, I mean, it was a shimmering light in a room filled with darkness
0: <laughs> uh, well said but,
1: but I still I still felt stuck in that room full of darkness but it was nice to see a little bit of light um
0: you can look at your watch
1: yeah like it it it, it was something um but to think Philly was 10 and 1 and you know coming off beating Miami and Buffalo and Kansas City um to think of the, the what they did and some of the teams they beat and, and you know beating Buffalo in Buffalo, beating Kansas City in Kansas City. Um really, really impressive. And then to go one and one and five down the stretch to finish eleven and six. And the one win was at home against the Giants, where the Giants had opportunities to actually win that game. So they could have just as easily got lost, you know, lost out. And then to show up to Tampa Bay and know that you still have everything in front of you, ironically and crazy enough, even the opportunity to potentially host a playoff game. Um, it's like, It is crazy to think that now they are going to be sitting on the couch with Dallas after just a, utterly horrible game. Uh, Tampa Bay, I mean, Tampa Bay could have probably beat them by even more if they didn't drop the passes they dropped and had some of the offensive miscues that they had. And it was like Philly just didn't want to tackle. Um, Talking about a lack of mental toughness and effort, I mean, they showed just as much, if not more than Dallas, when it came down to being disappointing in both those categories. And Topio before Jalen hurts. I still don't know if he's your guy. And you got to give me more than one really good season. And he started this year off playing pretty well. But once they got beat by San Francisco, the the blueprint was out there on how to beat them. Um, there's just no other way to say it. You keep him in the pocket. Don't let him scramble and stop them from running the ball. And then they do they've done teams a favor and barely ran the ball. I mean last night I think they had fifty eight offensive snaps and only fifteen were runs. So they had a forty three to fifteen split where it won't you know for the majority of the, you know, for the second and third quarter it was only a one touchdown <laughs> game. So you you were definitely in a position where you could run the ball and be fine. And they still kept throwing it. Um but, yeah, just overall a disappointing performance by them as well. Got to feel good, though. I want to – you know, you got to give props to – you know, and I'm not, you know, going back to the Cowboy game, you got to give props to Green Bay. They played a great game of football on both sides of the ball, and they were the better team. And the same thing for Tampa Bay. They played really good football. They actually stopped the tush push. Um, you know, it's amazing what happens when you got a guy like Vita Vea and, you know, he's 6'5", 360 pounds. Um, how you can kind of clog that up. Um, and Baker Mayfield played some really good football over 300 yards passing three touchdowns. Um, and now he had, uh, a 56 of 48 or 43 yard touchdown and like a 23 yard touchdown. So, you know, two of them were 40 plus yard plays where Philly just refused to tackle, but either way, you get your wins with how you can get your wins and you get your points can you get your points. So, um, Props to to Baker Mayfield. I mean, the guy was considered career done, was only brought in to do a quarterback competition with Kyle Trask. Um, I mean, I remember the video from the preseason where he just threw a duck. It looked like Tim Tebow playing quarterback. So, I mean, when you sit there and you just think about it, you're like, oh, man, good for him. You got to be happy for the guy. So, um, but, yeah, and then, I mean, for the Eagles – the poor salt in the wound. You find out today that uh, Jason Kelsey announced he's going to be retiring after 13 years. Um, guy's yeah. probably been the best center in the NFL for what? Last six, seven, eight years? <coughs> um, just, Five All
0: Pros, I think. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, just your dream dream player at center. Um, that stability with whoever's playing quarterback just makes a world of difference uh that, that's a that's a big blow. Not only for the play on the field, but the guy in the locker room and and what he meant to his teammates. Um, just a big blow for them, and and just salt on the wound after a really rough loss. So, um, yeah, or you know, but then you also got a, an amazing, you know, another team that you know they may not have won their division because they played in the division with Baltimore, but Cleveland. I know Flacco did not play good through back-to-back big sixes. We got the number five defense in the league. And again, just like Dallas got torched by a guy making his first playoff start ever. Um, Ironically enough, him and uh, C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love had identical stats, with Stroud only throwing for two more yards. Um, Same amount of touchdowns, obviously no turnovers. Same amount of passes completed. Same amount of passes attempted. Same QPR. Just a two-yard difference. Um, but C.J. Stroud looked like he belonged there, man. I mean, he's done it all year when he's played, Um, But he really – he was throwing some beautiful passes, played with confidence and poise, um, great offensive play calling to take advantage of that Cleveland de- uh, defense. And just a huge win for them. And just another notch on the hat for D'Amico Ryans and Stroud and, and that front office and trying to get things turned around. So, that that was a big game, man. I was really impressed by that.
0: Yeah, man. What more can you say about the Texans on that? We talked about how good they've been all season. It was nice to see that happen. And, yeah, what you said about Cleveland, we said last week this was uh, was probably going to be an ugly game with the defenses. And Stroud and Nico Collins just came out and said, nah, we're going to take care of that one. So, that (laughs) That was good for to see for the Texans. Yeah. Uh, and um
1: another sad stat though. The Texans have more playoff wins since they were founded in O two than the Cowboys do since oh two. <laughs> so that was another thing I saw this week that just really put a smile on my face. So good for them.
0: See, I, I feel like you're in a spot right now like I normally am in with the Mets because I see what you're doing with the stats here. Don't do this to yourself, man. Don't do that. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's not even me looking for them. It's just me having them pop up on my social media or my wonderful, wise-ass, pain-in-the-ass, I love them, but I hate them, uh, friends, sharing them with me.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Uh,
1: Yeah, but, yeah, so, I mean, I got to be honest, that Miami-Kansas City game, I stopped paying attention to it at halftime. Uh, you could just tell Miami had no chance.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Rams and uh, Rams and Lions was a pretty good game. It was nice to see the Lions break their drought. Uh, 31, 32 years, I believe, since their last playoff win. I liked seeing Eminem there. That was pretty cool. That intro they did, I liked that they got him involved on that. Did you see the um... – <coughs> it was like um, the 10-second – thing he put out where he was trying to say, Stafford, I played at your Super Bowl. I rapped for you. You owe me this one. That shit was hysterical.
1: Yeah, no, they, they, Detroit did a great job of looping him in. And uh, you could tell he was all about it and, and invested in what they asked him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, no, it was uh, it was fun to see. And, I mean, like the Rams and Stafford and McVeigh and Donald and, you know, some of the more veteran guys on that team that probably don't have a lot of years left you know those guys all got their ring uh you know Goff wasn't wanted so you know Dan Campbell is just you know biting these wherever he can and uh you know you got you got some guys on that team that deserve getting that playoff win and doing it and that city deserves it um and like i think my favorite thing is uh they showed the after the locker room and Dan Campbell looks at Jared Goff and in front of the entire team he's like you're good enough for fucking us. And, uh, you know, I, nice. I, I think that things like that are what makes your guys want to go out there and fight for you as a head coach and Dan Campbell's guys love them and they fight for him, and they play for him, And that's all you can ask, man. That makes for a very dangerous team. So you got to give props to them and uh, to think uh, they get to host another playoff game and, and get Tampa Bay and, could literally be in the NFC Championship game uh, come this time next week.
0: Yeah, good for, good for them getting that. Um, and then you got the Monday games and the Buffalo game got pushed back a day because it was a state of emergency in Buffalo. And then they came out um, 31-17 beating the Steelers. I did not get to see a lot of this game. What, the the one of the bigger stories that I saw, at least the one that flooded my timeline, the um, the Josh Allen fake the slide and then wind up running. I believe it was a fifty yard run. What did you think about that? Because I just thought it was a little juke move. I didn't think it was as big of a deal as anybody everybody else made it out to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, for when I saw the replay, because I didn't. I mean, the game <laughs> started at four thirty, so I was at work and then the gym. Like I didn't have a chance to actually. Watched the most of that game, and by the time I got home, I mean, is uh, too far ahead for that Pittsburgh offense to come back. So, um, but look, it's the joy of football, man. I mean, it sucks for defenders, but the the game is the game was created, you know, has been created and modified to fit offenses and favor protect the quarterback. So, um, from the replay I saw though, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, he did it kind of like a little shoulder shake where he was leaning back a little bit. So I guess you could see how, like, the defender thought he was going to slide. But I don't know, man. I'd rather take a 15-yard penalty than give up a 52-yard touchdown run.
0: That's fair. That is math right there. That makes sense. Yeah. Get you on that. hmm
1: Yeah, math is hard, but sometimes you can figure it out.
0: No. And those are the games there. So um, we did not get a chance to talk about some of the bigger coaching changes that happened After we went off the air last week, I think we had um, I think we had mentioned Bill Belichick a little bit that he was likely going to leave. It was, of course, announced he is no longer the head coach of the New England Patriots. Gerard Mayo taking his place. And then before that, Pete Carroll, no longer the head coach in Seattle. And we talked about that a little bit with Dan Quinn being one of the um, candidates there. And at some point, we will also wind up, uh, I'm sure, talking about Nick Saban stepping down as the head coach of University of Alabama. I know college football, but they all happened the same day. I want to bring them up. You you saw these. What were your thoughts on these long-tenured uh, guys? I, I think, uh, you know,
1: I, I don't know enough about college football to really speak on this strongly or act like I actually know what I'm talking about, but I saw somebody post <laughs> uh the other day i wish i could remember who said it but basically they were like he can't keep up with the nil um you know now that players can get paid he can't just use the you know the the ambiance and the attraction of playing at alabama like he used to uh which makes recruiting harder for him um and he's getting older and i mean the guy the guy's got a hell of a resume he's a hall of fame college coach there's no ifs ands or buts about it but I think he saw the writing on the wall and walked away before he was kicked out the door. I'm not saying Alabama would have fired him this year, but I'm just saying I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall that it was coming and he'd rather walk out on his own terms. And from what I heard, he could have a nice little cushy TV deal uh, being announced in the next couple months. So I'm sure Nick Saban's going to be fine and continue to make plenty of money off of college football.
0: Mm, Yeah. And I heard something. I, I, I don't remember the specifics of this, but he's apparently gonna be working on trying to I, I don't I don't know regulate the NIL system is a accurate way of saying it, but I feel like I heard he's gonna be trying to do something with that to kind of steer it in a direction. I don't know if you heard anything about that.
1: Can't say that. I, I def I have not heard anything about that one.
0: Hmm. No. Right, and then the other ones, I know Belichick we weren't really surprised by. The Pete Carroll one is surprising, especially when you look at what he's done the last couple years with Geno Smith as the quarterback. I know he missed the playoffs this go-around. Still at 9-8, and though. He didn't do a bad job. No, and I mean, from the sounds
1: of things, he's still going to work for Seattle. He's just not going to be the head coach anymore. So, I mean, if that's the case and he's just going to get a nice comfy office job, I'm sure he'll love it. His family will love it. You know, I mean, people forget how much time coaches spend. <laughs> so, um, you know, they, they're they're putting in 16, 18, 20-hour workdays sometimes. And when that, when that at some point or another, that catches up on you and, and can, really can tire you out. And now he can... Working nine to five and and live life a little more relaxing and, and enjoy, uh, (laughs) is later years and just have some fun.
0: Oh yeah. All right. So I think with that, I don't know if you had anything else football wise, but if you don't, I think it's time to go into picks.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think, uh, we're good to go because if I have to talk any anymore about the Cowboys, I might cry and I don't want that. being. A- <coughs> I,
0: I will definitely not make you do that anymore tonight here. Um, so yeah. All right. I think with that, we'll go into picks here. And just to recap where we are at last week. Um, so we ended the regular season. Uh, you at, uh, Nope, this is the wrong page. Sorry. All right, here we are. So we ended the regular season. You were at 49 39, I was at 46 42. The games last week we both picked Cleveland. I picked Kansas City to win, you picked Miami. Uh we both picked Buffalo. Um I picked the Rams, you picked the Lions and we both picked the Eagles. So I ended up at 3 and 3, you ended up at 2 and 4 on the week. If we're counting the regular season, I am at 49 and 45, you still got the commanding lead 51 and 43. So I do believe with that, we can look at the games this week. We got the divisional round, the NFL playoffs here taking place on Saturday and Sunday. Um, the two games on Sunday will start there. The Houston Texans going into Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And uh, I'll say this one real quick. I am going to pick Baltimore here. I think I think uh, Houston is an exciting, fun to team to watch. But I think them going into Baltimore with the way Baltimore played over the last month, I guess we're really going to find out how much the, the momentum over the bye week. I guess one, we'll see one more example of this come into play here in terms of resting or momentum heading into the playoffs. Uh, but I'm still going to pick Baltimore to be able to come off the layoff and do what they got to do to win the game. Who you got?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I think at some point Cinderella stories come to an end. Um, and though I I don't though I do think Houston can make it a good game, I think Houston can be competitive. I think when it's all said and done, this is uh, Baltimore's game to lose. So um, yeah, just Lamar Jackson with some rest. They're getting Zay Flowers back. Uh, Mark Andrews might even be able to play. So. Yeah, I think I got to take Baltimore winning at home on this one.
0: And then I feel like uh, of the next three games, you got two kind of legacy games because I feel like these are matchups we've seen before here. This one, I can't remember the last time we saw it, but Green Bay going into San Francisco to take on the 49ers. The names might have changed, but we have another one of these, and this is probably the least I've ever wanted to see this game in my entire life. But with that, I'm going to say I think the 49ers wind up winning it out. We knew they were the favorites in the NFC the whole time anyway. And, you know, Green Bay put on a good show last week. I find it very hard to believe San Francisco is going to come out and let them do the same shit that the Packers did. So uh, another Cinderella story, I think, uh, is going to be over here.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, (laughs) there's not a team that was in the playoff field that I would pick to beat San Francisco. So... Um, even if Dallas is playing them, I still would have picked, uh, San Fran to win. So <laughs> I mean, there's, there's just no other way to put it. Yeah. I Me mean, San Fran.
0: All right. And then the Sunday games, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Detroit to take on the lions. Dave, I'll throw this to you. Who you got?
1: Uh, I mean, Tampa Bay. Arguably, probably, <laughs> you know, another one of those uh, quote unquote Cinderella stories this year. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I, j- I just don't see how they're going to be able to beat Detroit. So I think this is a pretty easy one to call.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm picking Detroit on this one, too. Though no, I will echo what you said earlier. I think it's cool. Baker Mayfield got uh, got to have that playoff win. He looked great in that. And like you said, genuinely happy for him. I just, yeah, it's going to come to an end. I, I, so who are you rooting for the rest of the way to win the Super Bowl? Because I have a feeling you're going to be like me and rooting for the Detroit Lions on this.
1: So um, I actually – I'm going to be pulling for San Francisco. I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. But uh, one of my really, really good friends is a Niners fan. And if you think about it, they ha- they've they actually, it's been longer for them since they've won a Super Bowl than it has for us. Um, So a lot of people forget that because they've actually made it to a, to a couple Super Bowls and, you know, a couple NFC championship games. So a lot of people forget that, but. Um yeah, it's been longer for them than it has for Dallas. Um and then a buddy of mine who lost his brother around the holidays. His brother was a 49ers fan, so I know his whole family's his whole family's pulling for them. And uh yeah, so I it, it'll be bittersweet, but I can't I, I just can't with a good heart not root for them. So I uh, I'll be pulling for them, Which means I well, they'll
0: probably lose, right, Mike? <laughs> but you don't have my luck yet, Dave. I mean, you just, you know, like you do have the Cowboys and everything. And, and yeah, all right. The bulls, but I mean, you did have Michael Jordan at one point, we're going to talk about that whole situation in a minute, but I, I don't, I, I'm going to give you this, like, this is a compliment. I don't think you're quite at uh, my level of uh, futility just yet. And uh, you should not aspire to be at that.
1: I, I will do my best. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I honestly, when you said it, at first, that like that is a great reason to root for the Niners. I I can't join you, but like honestly, like that's cool. You have been kind of the one like saying that the you've been on the Niners bandwagon the last few years, like even before Brock Purdy. I remember it was in the last three or four years. I think you were the only one picking the Niners to make it to a conference championship one year that none of us had it. So I do vaguely and I can't remember what year it was, but hopefully you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, the, I could see that.
1: Last full year. Huh? It was the last full year Jimmy Garoppolo
0: played for him. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That was like two or three years ago. But um anyway, so with that, we both got Detroit. Um, the final game, this is the other legacy game. At least this is becoming a legacy game, because I feel like and maybe you have the statistics. I feel like this is the third time we're seeing this in four years, five years, something like that. Um, Kansas City going into Buffalo to take on the Bills. I do believe this will be the first time in Buffalo we're seeing this matchup. I feel like the other times were in Kansas City. I really hope I'm right on that. But this will be an interesting game because we've talked about Kansas City's problems over the last couple of months. The Bills had a lot of problems earlier in the season. They appear to have righted the shift. Over the last month and a half, Dave, who you got?
1: Uh, you are right. Uh, this is the first time these two will match up in Buffalo um, for the playoffs. And uh, it'll also be Mahomes' first playoff game on the road of his career. Right. Um, so, yeah, I honestly, I think the team you don't want to play right now is Buffalo. I don't think there's any other way to say it. Like, I mean – Just, I mean, to be six and six and then win out, game for confidence in Pittsburgh and and play a Kansas City team that, all things considered, has just not looked like themselves all year long. So, um, uh, I'm gonna have I gotta take Buffalo on this one.
0: And yeah, I'm going to go like, this is uneventful. I know, but yeah, no, I'm going Buffalo. So we picked the same team on all four games. It's fine. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not exactly like the weather would really be an issue because like Mahomes is used to the cold weather in Kansas city. There's that. I just think like talent level and you look at the way the talent is playing to that level. It just seems like Buffalo, like I said, they righted the ship. I think the same problems with Kansas city, that kind of hindered them throughout the season like they're still going to be there i think they just got kind of lucky this past week that they didn't really get exposed for those but like in in terms of the weapons and everything i I still think it's 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 going to catch up to kansas city here and i think buffalo winds up pulling it out so that's our picture this week it'll make for an interesting conference championship week one way or another if these matchups if this winds up happening, where it's Baltimore and Buffalo, and San Francisco and Detroit, that's going to be a fun conference championship week. I would
1: definitely, agree. I definitely agree with you on that, my friend. And it really, I mean, the AFC to me could probably go either way if we get that. And I, I definitely, I could already tell you, I'd probably, I'm taking San Francisco.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would wind up picking Detroit, San Francisco. I will say this. That is a very good reason, and I am not trying to um, undermine that in any way. The, so, the first year that I fully considered myself a Cowboy fan, was watching the Cowboys in the playoffs, was the year that San Francisco wound up getting to the Super Bowl, and they destroyed the Cowboys in the conference championship game. Uh, it was like 21 nothing by halftime. I think we're almost through like two interceptions and had a fumble or so. It was bad, it was horrible. that's where my mind goes whenever it's San Francisco. So it's just like, no. So, sorry.
1: (laughs) No, uh, I can understand, my friend. Trust me. It's not an easy statement Mm -hmm. for me today.
0: Yeah. All right. I think with that, though, we can move off of football. So basketball-wise, there were a couple things I wanted to bring up uh, tonight. Uh, one, One big thing happened earlier today. Um, but the, the thing I wanted to bring up to you, Chicago Bulls fan, we just mentioned it. Um, I believe it was Friday that the Chicago Bulls were inducting their first class into their new ring of honor. Jerry Krause, who has long been, you know, kind of thought of as the villain from those nineties teams, even though he did put those teams together, he tends to get more recognition for how those teams, um for how the team uh, wound up being broken up after the 1998 season. Then maybe in in hindsight, he he should be recognized when you consider the people uh, you know, he, the players he was able to bring in Um, an adversary of Michael Jordan back in the day, but even Michael Jordan has said that, you know, those teams wouldn't have been put together without him. He is uh, passed away in 2017. So his wife was on hand uh, to accept the, honor on his behalf and the uh the chicago bulls fans uh yeah they booed the hell out of her uh when the name got announced and uh it got uh, a, a fair bit of attention there and i i'm curious and i will throw it to you for your reaction you're seeing this happen what was your thought when you saw that
1: they should be ashamed of themselves mm-hmm. uh, there's no other way to say it. i mean A, that woman had nothing to do with anything. She was just probably a very supportive wife, probably had her own thing that she did or multiple things that she did. And like you said, when it really break it down, those teams wouldn't even have probably existed if it wasn't for him. So um, I I get the the frustration and anger about how they let it um, break apart uh you know jordan ends up retiring and then came back into the league like three years later and still played 82 games and and averaged 24 or 26 a game like you know it, 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 with that being the case you know you keep that team together jordan i mean he's he maybe has another ring or two on it on his uh on his hands so um I get the frustration with it, but to, to handle it in that way is you should be, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be embarrassed. Um, and and when, when I saw that poor woman crying, it just broke my heart. I felt horrible for her.
0: Yeah, it definitely was, was not a good look. And I, I, I I think it was, um, I, I know there were personalities who wound up singling out certain cities they were like, you know, this isn't something you should see in Chicago. This is something you should see. You normally see in like Philadelphia and New York. I, I mean, sports fans are a funny group of people. uh Passion, not always directed in the the right way. And th- this one, to me, was a little. Uh, it was. It was definitely something that shouldn't have happened. But it's also like. I heard people try to say that this was influenced because The Last Dance was released, um, you know, within the last few years. So it was a little fresh in people's minds. But, uh, okay, I just, I I feel like it's a lot of outrage from people who maybe, for whatever reason, were, you know, too young or whatever, probably weren't around during the 90s. So what are you outraged about?
1: Yeah, I, it, it just... It was just embarrassing. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't a moment that you wanted to be—you know—that at least myself, that I was—I wouldn't tell people I was proud to be a Bulls fan in that moment.
0: Mm. Yeah, I—I I think any fan base that that would happen to would would wind up feeling the same way. So there's that, and like I said, I wanted your thoughts on that because I, I know that's something you could definitely speak on. Um, earlier today, it, it's, uh, there was a report um, that there is a plaintiff who is suing James Dolan and Harvey Weinstein on sexual assault and trafficking charges. And right now, it's just a report. Nothing has happened in terms of legal action, even though I believe there is a lawsuit, but in terms of like investigations or anything like that, nothing criminal there. I don't know where this is going to go. But I know just as someone who wants to be a Nick fan, the idea of something like this which is terrible but a, a, a situation that ends with James Dolan being forced to sell the Knicks that that would be that would be really good and I say that knowing the the seriousness of the charges here and you know if this really happened, I think we can all agree that you know nobody's really thought highly of James Dolan for a very long time. If something like this happened, he deserves to celebrate right next to Harvey Weinstein, and that is not the person you want to be in the same conversation with. Doesn't matter what the hell it is. If your name is in the same conversation as Harvey Weinstein, you fucked up somewhere along the line.
1: Yeah, you probably didn't make the best life decision, but I not mean, at all. Dolan's been considered an asshole since day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, um yeah, nobody's really been a big fan of him. Nobody's really been uh liked him at all, really. And then you think about how he's treated some former, you know, people he's known or former players. I mean, I always think back to the Charles <laughs> Oakley experience and um yeah, no, I mean Don's I Dolan wouldn't
0: be surprised at all. Don't an asshole.
1: And not mm-hmm. standing uh, not really the greatest person from what you've heard about the guy, so yeah,
0: it would be it would be remiss if we didn't also bring up the fact that uh when Isaiah Thomas had his sexual harassment charges, Dolan did not fire him on the spot. Dolan actually defended him a few times. That didn't help anything.
1: No, I could I mean shit, I could see why people would pull that together. He probably helped Isaiah Thomas if it's if it's all. <laughs> but it might it's it's the shitty part of this world, man. Money can make any problem go away. Mm-hmm.
0: So that would be something may, maybe to um – it'll be interesting to see where that one goes, if it has any teeth in it. But anyway, did you have anything else basketball-wise you wanted to bring up?
1: No, nah, I mean, all-star voting started, so we're almost at when the season really counts. But, I mean, you know, Boston, still top of the East. The, the Bucks are only three games back, Sixers five games back um the Knicks are still within a game of the four seed um uh, eight games back from Boston Chicago's moved up from the ninth in the last like two three weeks so I mean uh, I think they're playing like I think they're like some like 18 and and no what was it it was like 10 and four or something like that in their last 14 games, 10 and five in the last 15, something like that. They're five and five in their last 10. So they're coming back down to earth a little bit, but they, they got a little hot and played some pretty good basketball. I mean, they lost last night, but yeah. Um, and then in the West, you got, you know, Timberwolves, are, you know, leading the West, 20 and 11, the Thunder are game Thunder and Nuggets are a game back. Clippers are three games back. Um, but then you got the Suns sitting at the eight right now, so you'd get a, a Minnesota Phoenix series. Um, well, no, they the Suns would have to play the Rockets and the or the sorry, I'm doing my math here wrong. I'm sorry, but mm. where the Suns would have to play the Jets and the Pelicans would play the Lakers in the play-in tournament if the season started or the playoffs started today. Mm. Or, Warriors, surprisingly enough, are they're right now a game and a half out of the uh play in tournament behind the Pelicans, the Suns, the Jazz, and the Lakers. So, I mean, nothing really crazy going on right now, but you know, I always say it, the NBA season doesn't really start until after the all star all star weekend. So,
0: no, <clears throat> yeah, and it will be interesting to see what happens at the trade deadline. I saw something earlier today that the Knicks are thinking about shopping Quentin Grimes. So that'll be interesting. I think I, I know I heard a lot of things that made it sound like people were expecting uh, another trade from the Knicks after the, uh, the trade for OG a couple weeks back. See if that winds up happening. Um, All right. I think uh, with that, that did you have anything else pop culture wise you want to bring up tonight?
1: Uh, No, I still haven't had a chance to get the echo, um, Mm -hmm. but it is uh, it's in the queue. Um. Do you watch
0: South Park at all? No. Okay. Because I wound up seeing a couple of their uh, uh, movies that are on Paramount Plus over the weekend. If you if you watch South Park, they're actually really they they were pretty good for what they were. But like South Park is just um, I w- I've said before I'll say again as long as South Park is around, it's one of those things. As long as it's around, this world will never be a truly dark place.
1: There you go. Yeah, I've tried watching it. I mean, never really got into it. I did enjoy the South Park movie from, you know, back in like, what, the late Probably 19th, t- early yeah, yeah. Um, So, I did enjoy that, but uh, yeah, I never really got into the TV show itself.
0: I was big in it in high school. I kind of moved past it, but every now and then I wind up coming back to it. And uh, the, the movies they put out... I couldn't get into the streaming wars because one of the since they've made Stan's father like a, a major character in the show, I, I I can only take so much of that shit. So it kinda hurts, but when it's just focusing on the kids, it, it's still really fucking good. So but I interrupted you. I'm sorry. What were you saying?
1: Uh no, um, me and Amanda are watching this show called uh, Fool Me Once on Netflix. It's really good, okay,
0: I can't say I've heard of that
1: yeah it's uh it's uh we kept seeing like um, people reviewing it and talking highly about it, so we figured we'd give it a shot and uh it's an eight episode season. We started it yesterday. And we've got one and a half episodes left. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite entertaining.
0: Sounds good. All right. Well, I think with that, then, we can get out of here for tonight. Thank you to everybody for listening to us on all the various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Bullhorn, Rate, Like, Share. Subscribe, do all the things, and we'll get out of here. Like I said, we'll do some final thoughts. Dave Hastings.
1: my I got to just tell you, my final thought is that you got Amanda to laugh with that one. Because last week when you did it and I was laughing, we got off the show and she looked at me and she's like, I don't understand what's funny about this. <laughs> like, why are you laughing so much? So I, t- so I told her, like, the background behind the story. So we're sitting here and you're doing it. And all of a sudden, she's like giggling, covering her covering her mouth under the blanket so that we can't <laughs> pick it up. So um, the laughter has spread even further, Mike. And uh, please do not ever stop uh, doing that. And, uh, yeah, may the week treat you well, brother.
0: You too, sir. And I am Mike Aglioloro. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you all next week.